God bless you for being here. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to Church on the Hill. Either praise God or, oh me, we dodged another snow. Amen. Kids don't respond real well to that, but had somebody say to me, I don't think we moved far enough south. We didn't think it snowed here. Normally, it doesn't snow that much, but we've gotten a little bit here lately. Personally, I love the snow. It's good for the car wash business. All right, we've been talking about God the Father. Three or four straight weeks. We're about to wind this up. We've got a couple more weeks left. As you know, you know, my heart is, is a worshiper. I love to worship and I love to see the Lord. I love for the Lord to speak to me during worship. And when we worship, not everybody's the same, but I'm usually looking for God to speak to me when I can slow my mind down long enough to try to listen to him and to try to focus on worship. You know, it's hard to come in here Sunday mornings and focus on God. Anybody else with me? There's so many other things going on that we want to say, stay so distracted that even coming to church, it's hard to know what we're coming for. And when I can slow down for a minute and start to allow the Lord to speak, the Lord just started showing me this morning. He said, I'm showing you who I am. I'm showing you what you've been preaching through this list this morning. And Wayne and I do not work out the lists ahead of time. Uh, you know, we sang the first song forever. You are faithful forever. You are strong forever. You are with us. That's God, the father. That is a good father. Is God a good father? God is faithful. God is for us. But then we went on to sing and there was another one in there. It's uh, um, God's word speaks. God's blood speaks a better word than all the empty claims that we hear upon this earth speaks righteousness for me. That's the blood. That's Jesus. And we're going to see here today that Jesus came to provide us a way back to God, the father. But then it goes on to say, you are my shield. You are my strong tower. You are my very present help in time of need. And through this whole message. I still feel like we're still standing out here on this island. We know we know in our heads, we know from knowledge who God says he is, but we don't live that way. I've said, I said the first week of, of 2010 that I believe that this is the year of abundance, the, but the year to receive the abundance. What did I say? I, I gave a specific access. Thank you. That this was the year of access. You know, the provision has been made. God, God needs not to provide any more. The provision's been made. He is God, the provider, but the provision's been made. He just desires you to access him and access, access him his way. You can't access God the wrong way. You have to go the right way. And the right way to access God, the father is through Jesus Christ by faith in Jesus. Are y'all with me so far? And I gave the picture and I've, I can still see it, that the table has been set. This table full of food, full of full provision, but yet we sit 
staring at it and starve. We don't access it. And when we have a messed up view of who God the Father is, it changes our whole life. It's what starts to happen is we start to worry about things that God never intended for us to worry about. For us to be stressed out over things that we were never intended to be stressed out over. God says in his word, trust me. Trust me and I'll direct your path. Trust me and I'll see to it that the enemy runs from you. Choose me and you will be victorious. It just so happened that last night I, uh, on TBN, and I don't watch TBN very much, but on TBN was facing the Giants at midnight. I, for some reason, we were getting to bed late, and it, it started at 11 o'clock. Well, I started watching it at midnight, and you know what? It was just what I needed. You, I know everybody thinks that pastors and pastors' wives, that's all we do is kumbaya and sit around the fireplace and play the guitar and praise the Lord. We went on a pastor's conference with Pastor Matt down to Mobile, Alabama, and the worship leader was talking to us. And he said, you know, someone once came up to my wife and said, how does it feel to be with a man that worships the Lord 24-7? She goes, I wouldn't know. (laughs) But it is so it it, this this is foundation to Christian living. If you don't have the right picture of who God is. You're going to be messed up. And the church is not supposed to be messed up. Bottle. All right, we've been looking at who is God. We saw a few weeks ago that God is a caring father. I'm just going to kind of really, really quickly catch you up, catch you up to speed. Go to the website, download the podcast on this This right here is up on the website right now. The last four that I've preached um, talking about who God the father is. But God is a caring father. Also, God is a consistent father. He's consistent every single time. Unlike our natural fathers who make mistakes, who allow their emotions to get the best of them and react accordingly. God doesn't. You know what? God does get angry. He gave us our emotions. You know what? Sometimes we get angry, but the difference in us and God, God doesn't react inappropriately ever. Even when he's angry and he reacts, it is correctly. There is a correct way for you to be angry and not sin. It says be angry, just don't sin. God is the type of father that even though he may get angry sometimes, you know what? God hates uh, sin. He hates it. Won't be in his presence. He can't stand it. But it never causes him to react wrongly. He's not moody and just says, well, who can I zap today? How, don't anybody raise your hand, okay? Has everybody got that? Don't anybody raise your hand. How many times has your dad reacted inappropriately? As fathers, how many times have we messed up? (laughs) Praise God, I don't have that great of a memory. I can remember the last couple. But thank you, Jesus, I don't remember all of them. That's what I got. No, never mind. I'm not going to. 
how do I, I don't know how to go forward from here. I've stuck my foot in my mouth and I shouldn't have done it. Now I'm in trouble and I, okay. God is always, always reacts correctly. Even when we don't as husbands, as fathers, when our fathers react, God doesn't get it wrong ever. My wife does not remind me of everything I've ever done wrong. She does not do that. I've got a wonderful wife that loves me and loves the Lord, loves my kids, loves the church, pours her out, her out, herself into. I'm getting worse. It's getting worse. I'm trying to. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and you know what it needs to be a good day. I need to watch the Super Bowl and have have peace. Send her to Starbucks, and that where we get our peace. That's what we learned a few months ago, right? We get our peace from Starbucks. I'm not saying you get your peace from Starbucks. All right. God is a consistent father. Let's focus back on God. Not on my mistakes. God is consistent. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. God is a God who is close. Some of you may have never even known your dad. Your dad may have checked out early in your life. God is a God who's close, who is thinking about me, who is thinking about you, who has your best interest in mind. I am trying to trying to break down some of the things that have been built up in your life due to your relationship with your father. You know, there has been a connection made between between atheism and a struggle with fathering relationships out of the top 100 atheists, all of them had one thing in common. And that is that they hated their father. You can see that with our messed up view of our dad, it hinders us in receiving God the way he really is. That's why this is so important. And that's why I won't get away from it because if we don't get this picture, right? None of the building's going to be done right. The foundation has to be right. But finally, God is a God who is competent. He is a competent father. He can handle any problem that you have. Nothing is beyond his ability. Nothing is beyond his resources. And today that is the direct opposite to human fathers. We have so many incompetent human fathers that are good at a lot of things, but lousy as fathers, especially on TV. Fathers are diffusers. Let me give you a couple examples. Al Bundy. Homer Simpson. You don't realize that it still helps you build an image of who a father is. Leave it to Beaver's dad. What was his name? Ward. I do like Ward. But it's not reality. Wouldn't it be nice if you start your day? Great. Then things go wrong. But then by the end of the day, everything's fine. Wouldn't that be nice? Mike Brady. You know, here's a story. I said this in first service. We've got a person at the end of our cul-de-sac on the opposite side. On the, at the end of our street has a house that looks just like the Brady's house. And that's all I can think of. Every time I pull out, I think... Here's a story. 
But, you know, that's not reality. Mike Brady is not reality. You ever heard this? My daddy can beat up your daddy. But now today you hear a kid say, well, what's so big about that? My mom can beat up my daddy. Daddies need to be daddies. Let me tell you something. Nobody can beat up my daddy. Nobody. Nobody. Luke 137 says nothing is impossible with God. What are you facing right now that is impossible? Nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. He can handle it because he's competent. You're, do you remember as a child, you thought your dad could fix everything? My kids have thought I could fix the weather. My kids have thought that anything that they broke that I could fix. You know, when it comes to allowance and money, they think that there's no ends to our resources. And then as you get older, isn't it funny? All of a sudden you hit this point where, wait a minute. My dad can't do everything. My dad can't give me everything. My dad can't fix everything. Sometimes when I ask my dad for wisdom, sometimes he just gives me his best guess. How many, how many here dads have ever had to just give your best guess to your kids? You didn't know exactly. God knows. He has the answers that you need. Every single time. And he tells you to ask for it. Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Look at Ephesians 3 verse 20. God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of. How much can you dream of? Because he can do far more than, than you could ask or dream of. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers or desires or thoughts or hopes. Let me tell you something. I can dream really big. Can you? God can exceed that. You know what? I can pray really big. God can exceed infinitely. Infinitely beyond. I've been trying to explain to my kids the number infinity. Daddy, how would you write the number infinity? Well, you can't. Well, how many zeros would it be? I said, well, I can tell you one big number. Google has a one in a hundred zeros. Is that infinity? No. Just keep writing a zero on the end and never stop. Forever. Right? Everybody likes to say infinity. You know, you hit each other and. Anyway, those stupid games. Infinity. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers or desires or thoughts or hopes. Can this sink in? He's able to do. Let me tell you. Let me ask you something. The problem that you're in. Does this scripture give us hope that God can get you out of it? We're going to come back to that. God says, think of the biggest dream in your life. He says, I can top that. Think of the biggest goal in your life. 
God says, I can top that. Think of the biggest problem that you could ever face. God says, I can solve that. The biggest hurt that you'll ever have. God says, I can heal that. God says, I can handle it all. Here's my question to you. What have you been hanging on to that you're not allowing God to work through in your life? Maybe you've said, look, this is just something that I've got to... I've got to manipulate the situation. Maybe in your marriage. Maybe it's a job and you've got to politic and maybe cut some corners and do some shady things in order to get promoted. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your parents. You say, I don't think that, I, I don't think that God could handle the problem. You know, the problem is you don't literally, you won't re- literally say that. You would never say, I don't literally think God can't handle it. But the way you act, your actions are what is saying that. Are you with me? When you try to control and you don't allow God and you don't seek God for the help, you're basically saying, I can handle this, God. Stay out of it. We don't literally say, God, I don't choose you here. I choose to do it on on my own. I can do a lot better than you can. No, but when we start to walk down that path, not realizing we've left God out, that's exactly what we're saying. Have I just completely lost you? Because this right here is where I live. Sometimes I will start doing things and forget God. Fall down three or four times and then realize, what have I done? How could I have gone down this path, even in church? I I, I work for the church. How many times even in church do I not take time to consider what God wants? Not to mention you and your life. God wants to be considered in it all. He will he will direct our path if we will allow him. If we will allow him. Church, I do pray about the things that we're doing, but sometimes I get ahead of myself. Sometimes we get a bad report in our family or in our extended family and we want to go do we want to go do rather than seek. What have you been hanging on to? What are you thinking? That God can't handle it? Let me tell you something. God takes care of his children. And he does. He takes care of us when he trusts, when we trust him. He takes care of his children. But so let me ask you this question. Is everybody a child of God? Will God take care of everybody's needs? Is God the father of everyone? It's a tricky question. The answer is yes and no. If you mean, did God create everybody? Then the answer is yes. God is the creator. If you mean, does God love everyone? The answer is yes. God is love. He loves everyone. Does God have a purpose and a plan for every person living? Yes. Absolutely. In that sense, God is the father of everyone. In that sense. But it takes more than birth. It takes more than birth. To be a father. It takes relationship. Some of you may have been. uh, You may have a biological father that you never knew. They were your father by creation. But they're not your father by relationship. And you miss that. You long for it. And you long for that relationship. God says I've created everyone. 
everyone is my child. I've created everyone, but not everyone is my child unless they have a relationship with me. You're not in the family of God. You're created by God, but you're not in the family of God until you choose to be a part of it. That's the choice that you can make today. How can I become a child of God? How do I become a part of the family of God? Scripture says in John 14, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. Jesus said, that's why I came to earth. Was to return you to the Father. So that you could get to know God. Look at this in Galatians. It says, we are the children of God. Through being religious? No. Through going to church? No. Through keeping the Ten Commandments? No. Through faith in Jesus Christ. We are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. It is the only way to become a part of God's family. Is faith. In Jesus. And you know in human terms. There are two ways to be a part of a family. One is to be born into it. The other is to be adopted into it. There's no other way to be a part of a family. You're either born or you're adopted. In the Bible both of these terms are used. As explanations of what it means to be a Christian. To be saved. To experience salvation. To become a part of the family of God. By birth. That's being called born again. Or by adoption, being adopted into, into the family of God. First Peter verse one, chapter three, first Peter chapter one verse three says, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. How can I talk to you about the, who God is and not lead you to God? When you were physically born, you were born into a human family. But the only way that you get into a spiritual family is to be spiritually reborn. That's a change that takes part in you when you receive Christ into your heart. Ephesians 1 says, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into His own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. He did this because He wanted to. There is only one way to the Father. There is no other way to the Father but by Jesus Christ. It is so easy to be able to say, yes, I know God is love. Yes, I know God is faithful. Yes, I know God is caring. Yes, I know he's competent. But it's time that we start making decisions in our life based on who God is. God is able to meet the needs that you have today. What need do you have today that needs to be met? God can meet it. God can meet the need in Haiti. But God can meet the need in all good.